This podcast is sponsored by Australian Christian College, a network of schools committed to student wellbeing, character development and academic improvement. Welcome to the Inspiration Project, where well-known Christians share their stories to inspire young people in their faith and life. Here's your host, Brendan Corr. Well, hi there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Inspiration Project. The special guest that we have today, I think, will be of particular interest to a number of our, of our listeners. Ben Price is one of Australia's leading comedians, best known for the skill that he has in impersonating. In fact, he was uh, regarded as Australia's best impersonator. The list of the characters that he is able to, to uh, deliver is long and extensive, all of the key figures. Ben has toured as a, a one-man show over many years. He um, featured on uh, Australia's Got Talent, has appeared on Australian national TV, uh, US national TV, and has been the, the voice in a number of movies. Um, so widely experienced in, in that particular field. Uh, many of you will know of him, and maybe you don't know of him, but you've heard his, his voices in ways that you don't know. Ben, it's lovely to have you here. Thank you. What a, what a great introduction that was, Brendan. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah. Well, we're delighted to have you here, Ben. Um, can you tell me, how did, how did you discover that you had this uh, unnatural, and no, I wouldn't say unnatural, that this, this uncommon ability to impersonate yeah. people? Well, it was, it was way back when I was 10 years old and uh, had a friend at that time from England who um, – I just hung out with him. He came over for, I think, it, it felt like weeks he stayed over and uh, we just hung out every day during the summer and played cricket and i just hear him speak. So all, all day long he'd be speaking like this, and it's really nice, I really like it, really. Which kind of <laughs> sort of sounds a bit like David Beckham to me. Um, yeah, it's almost got that sort of really, you know, he's, he's David Backham's got one of those voices like that. You, you don't expect it from him because he's so muscular and athletic, but when he happens, his mouth is sort of bit like that. So that's uh, how I started when I was about 10 years old. And uh, and then and then I learned how to do, um, if you remember Frank Spencer from Some Mothers Do Over Me. Yeah, I grew up watching a few of those shows and then learned how to do um, Sylvester Stallone. So he was one of my favorite ones. It was pretty early on. And then... Oh. Um, it's got so even good. better when my <laughs> uh, when, when my voice broke, it became a lot lot better because you get really deep. And in the morning, like now, it sounds a lot better because you get really deep. But you know, the, the deeper it, the deeper it is, I think it's better. I, I, I'm not sure a ten year old would have been able to manage that, uh, Ben. So I can imagine that was added to your repertoire a little bit later in your career. So I was listening to one of I, your I mates. Think, yeah, it started around there. <clears throat> Sorry, were you inspired by the the Twelfth Man? Um, comedy? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I remember because I, I was a massive cricket fan and um, uh, I used to play and um, I, I listened to his tapes back in the day and, you know, on one side was the clean version with all the beats and then so I listened to that um, with uh, Richie Benno and that's where it all started. I used to do that for uh, a lot of my friends around the cricket club and at school and uh, and of course, Sammy Green with his smallness as well, and uh, <laughs> not forgetting Bill Laurie, uh, Marble Stay here at the MCG, and uh, and, and that's, then that's very good. And then, 
Who else is there? Mark, Mark Taylor, Tommy Taylor, who uh, <laughs> is one of these horses, or this MCG, and uh, here he comes, Shane Warne, coming to ball. Yep. <laughs> so, there were some great voices there for sure. And that, that was a lot of my um, starting out and, and TV shows like the the Comedy Company and um, yeah. a little bit of Fast Forward and um, – you know, but I, but I, of course, have always had very clean comedy, so I've sort of um, done a lot of that in, in that way, but not, not not the way that it was originally done. I'll, <laughs> so, I'll come back to that. That's, that's an interesting question that you raised. I'll, I'll ask it again. But can I, if you find this this um, natural ability that you did, you have to work on that, or or was it just something that you found you could do? You had a good ear. Are you musical? Is is a good ear part of? Um, musical thing? Well, I, I, I grew up learning guitar and play guitar. I've been playing guitar since I was seven, but that doesn't make me an expert. I've been walking since I was one and I'm not necessarily great at that. But, uh, yeah, I, I think um, I, I have a, a good ear for impressions and I know um, when I've got it and or at least I think I've got it. And I, I'll test it on someone and they'll go, yeah, yeah, just to affirm that. And then um, I think it is pretty natural, especially when I was a kid and there was it just came to me because it was um, not me. I, I was, I suppose, subconsciously studying it. So you're still learning this, but uh, I had that natural ability. And then, of course, uh, when you do it, you, you work with it as well and you uh, write material. And uh, So there's a bit of work, but it's fun and a lot. What, what was the motivation yeah. for you working on it? Was it the fact that it was fun, that you enjoyed it? Was it the fact that... Other people enjoyed it. What was your motivation for investing time in this? Yeah, I just uh, I, I loved being able to entertain and going from a character to another character, and um, I especially just loved growing up watching um, good comedy shows like Faulty Towers and just uh, the the comic timing of that, and just being able to put sketches together. And um, so for me, it was to you know, entertain and just, I, I love doing it for me as well because it was just a fun thing. I love seeing people's reactions and, and it never gets old, you know, seeing mm. people respond. To, yeah. Oh, wow, I, that was a good voice and um, I, I still get a kick out of it myself. So it, it's, I, I suppose there's that, but it's, it's also uh, probably changed a bit as well now as, as I've gotten older, but it, mm. but that's still there. That's still foundation mm. in my um delivery so you're still you're one of those lucky people that are making a career out of something that you really you really enjoy yeah yeah it's been um 20 years now since it's been full-time so that, that is an amazing thing to think that you could do comedy and uh and, and feed a family for that long which is great okay well, let, let me take you back to that 10 year old who's figured out how to imitate his pommy cricket buddy yeah you take that to school, were, were you the little rascal in the back of the room that the teacher had to be very careful about or put, it, put in a particular seating plan? Uh, yeah, at times I, I got into a bit of trouble, um, definitely. Um, I, I wasn't the worst kid and I wasn't always the best kid, but um, so there were times where I'd get into trouble for laughing, uh, you know, and funny moments that just... I'd, I'd cry with laughter. It was because when you're not supposed to laugh, it was always the funniest. But then um, I think when, when I was about year eight, year nine, and I, it really started to become a, a thing for me where the kids would all laugh um, and then the teachers would all laugh. And, and, and I remember at a school camp imitating about four or five of my teachers 
as, as well as you know, you know Rishi Penos and Tony Greggs and all those impressions that I did at that time, and uh, and the teachers loved it. So that I was I was lucky in that sense that they weren't um, hating what I did. And there there are a lot of great teachers that were so good to do that um, you know that, that you could never do now because unless people knew who they were. But some of the some of the best impressions that I've ever done have been the people that that no one knows and just friends I've got. So, so there's the, a whole list there of people that no one wants to see. The in-jokes to your crowd, huh? Yeah, your, oh, your exactly. crew. Yeah, that can be some of the most Yeah, definitely. Fun. Yeah. So, oh, absolutely. Uh, I thought that was probably going to be the case, that there there was a time when it was irresistible to impersonate some of your teachers. Yeah. Uh, teachers have those sorts oh, of absolutely. characteristic voices or mannerisms. So let me ask you about yeah. that. When you're doing an impersonation, there is the sound, there's the, the um, yeah. actual tone of the voice, but then there's also the way in which they phrase sentences and use words and, and then there's also oh, yeah. other mannerisms. How, how important is the integration of those things in an effective impersonation? Yeah, they all kind of go together. I think the... The depth of the voice as well is something that I like to think about um, is if you, you get in that zone and you know if you can do it. Um, and really, I mean, the, the the way I tend to learn an impression is, like I've always done, is I just continually watch that person and watch that person till almost that you're sick of that person. <laughs> so I remember um, I learned Donald Trump's voice about, uh, well, when he was first sort of campaigning back in just just before, um, so we, hang on, it was 2016, wasn't it? When he yeah, when it, when I started, and uh, and I remember thinking, well, I, I had a little bit of an impression from the Apprentice days, and then I thought, oh, I really need to watch him now and uh, all these speeches, and and you, when you when you look at him, you I don't know, you expect him to have a deep sort of voice, but when you listen to him, it's and that, that's another thing I do is I, I listen to the voice as well as watch the person because when you listen, you realise his voice is a little higher than – it's a little higher than what you would expect. <laughs> it's set him up there, but it's also that New York kind of voice and it's very raspy and he tends to say things. That, like I think that's two or three seconds of talking and then he'll stop. It's like he'll talk like this and then he'll say something again and then it'll say something again, and it's really great, or believe me, and, and you've got to throw in catchphrases. Yeah. Um, and I think that makes it really, uh, it, it just all comes together that way. And, and, and it's funny because I look back on the, I look back on a video that I did of him when he first got in, and I think, oh, gee, that's, uh, I've, I've come a long way. I've, I've gotten better at the voice because mm. the more you do it. Yeah, do you find um, that, that that you're continually refining even things that you feel like, yeah, that's good enough to perform, but a year later it's closer or more authentic? Yeah. Yeah, I think definitely the more you do it. I think I've, I've noticed that with my um, Arnie impression. I think when I would, I've got a video of when I was 19 and um, – yeah, which wasn't that long ago. But, <laughs> no, it was, it was it was a while back. I remember hearing it and uh, going, you know, it was pretty good for back then. But now it's like, oh yeah, I can do it because um, I, I can't even imitate what it sounded like back. But, but now it's you know so much better because they've refined it and I've listened to his voice over and over. And I've seen him many times and I've met him before, and, and you hear all the this and that and the way that he talks and that's and even, even that's the thing where. Uh, 
I think like if he'll say like get down with the the way he says it, Darwin mm. is or the, the chopper is the chopper the, the chopper. Yeah. And so it's it's actually um makes it easier when you can figure out some of the emphasis on the uh the it's, syllables or the or the letters and the, it's you know a linguist linguistic thing as well. So uh it's it's interesting but uh so been, yeah, they, doing, they definitely get better. You've been doing some of these voices for twenty years or so. Have do you think that the character, the 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 real life person's voice changes over that time? Do you do you have to modify what you're doing because their voice has changed? Yeah. Um, yeah, a little bit, and probably my voice has changed as well. So, yeah, no, that definitely is true. I mean, with um, even with Donald Trump, I think when I first started doing him in The Apprentice days, he, it was just, he didn't seem as animated to me. It was all about, if I, you know, it was all like this, it was a lot like that. But, but then he got really got that in his voice, as he campaigned and he goes, we're going to make, you know, and he had that, which I never mm. really noticed mm. as much before. And even Arnie's voice, because he's gotten older, you know, he's probably, that's more slow and decent. But, um, but I, I think that's just naturally happened. Mm. I think with uh, voices like Michael Caine, uh, people still, <laughs> when they imitate and they tend to do the younger Michael, the younger Michael Caine, it sounds like this, you know, it's, it's probably more that sort of younger version <laughs> from the the older, older movies. But um, but his voice is definitely a lot older. And so it's not that hard to make the same voice sound a little older, really. It's, uh, it, it's still the same voice, but it's just probably a bit slowed down, a bit, yeah. a bit croakier. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, actually. The list of of characters that you do, maybe fifty or sixty names long. How, how do you hold all of that and just flip in instance between completely different ways you're using your voice, your vocal cords, the the structure of your mouth, yeah. your tongue? That that must be. Yeah. You, don't, you don't have to sort of work yourself up to it. It just sort of flows like it's your natural <laughs> speaking voice. Yeah, it's it's a bit like that, and then I've probably got. I, I figured out one day there was over two hundred voices because there's some that I just haven't done for years, like since I was a kid or a teenager. But um, there, there's definitely a, a good playlist, I suppose, of you know current ones of forty, fifty voices maybe, and and I always like to do um, light and shade. So if it's um, if, if I was doing, say, uh, you know, Dr. Phil from the Dr. Phil show, he's got that Texan voice and, you know, he's got those Texan sayings like somewhere out there a village is missing its idiot. <laughs> so you, if I was doing him, I wouldn't necessarily go straight to George W., who's also from Texas. Yeah, right. It might, might be a bit of an overlap if I start doing a, a different Texan. But it, it may work because, you know, George W., uh, economy's... Uh, hit real bad now. We need to economize things, and we, we don't want to have another uh, KFC. So, <laughs> you, I always like to make them different voices. Uh, so, that, what you just did there with, um, with 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 George W. Bush, you, you introduced not just the voice, but the, the a comedy element of it, uh, the, the caricature of oh, yeah. <laughs> the personality yeah. as much. Is is that an important part of your? Reaching an audience? Very much, yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Because uh, I think when people want to hear it, they want to hear something not just that you're imitating the voice, but yeah. definitely the, the the humor has to go with it. And you know, sometimes they'll laugh at the joke, not the impression, and sometimes it's vice versa. But I like yeah. to to get both of them really well. And um, he he was really good because you know he there, there was so, they used to call them bushisms of all the things, the clangers that he used to say, and there were some real ones that he said, and I used to exaggerate them. So he was great for, uh, for mm. comedians. And then, um, I mean, and, and Trump is larger than life, so there's there's so much. Um, they're, they're always on, um, you know, so they're always going to get. ScoMo hasn't given me too much yet. I, I think he's got um, he's got a voice that's imitatable, but I, he hasn't done anything where it's like too much of a send-up yet. Mm. I mean, He's always, how great is Australia? Uh, I, I believe in miracles. It's uh, a bit <laughs> like this. And we're doing all we can. And it, it's that sort of voice. But it's not as good as, um, as John Howard was, was great because he had that uh, <laughs> uh, sound of his voice. And, um, yeah, it was very concerning uh, times we're in. But uh, we've, we've got to think and you know, think about troops. Uh, the Wallabies who can't play at the moment. <laughs> That's right. Oh, so good, Ben. So good. You you used a phrase there that you you think he has a voice that is, that is imitable. Is there such a thing yeah. as a voice that isn't imitable? There's some people that I've tried to do their voices that were really hard to do. Um, well, there's some people that have got a very distinct voice, and I can't quite get the voice. And there are some people that have had just such a plain voice. Um, I'm, I'm in Victoria and um, I used to imitate our premiers like Jeff Kennett. Um, mm. I think he's well known all over the world. Uh, mm. Jeff Kennett, who had a, a very good voice like this. <laughs> he's so good. <laughs> and then there was um, a few others. But then uh, we had one for a, a moment of time, John Brumby, who I used to try to get and he just, there was nothing about it was the most plain voice that uh, <laughs> I could ever do it. I could never. I, I did it once on radio, but it was just a nothing voice Didn't to go. be able to imitate. Yeah. No, and I used to always try and um, learn Eddie Maguire, and for some reason I could never get his voice. But I, I stuck at it for years and years, and um, but eventually I, I sort of got an Eddie Maguire now, and it's uh, fantastic, and it's uh, good to see you guys. <laughs> and he's got that laugh, and it's good to see uh, uh, all the boys down there at the uh, the football club. But uh, you know, and we're on Channel Nine. Who wants to be a millionaire? And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's one of those types of voices. It, it is. You're right. You made a comment earlier about throwing in those little characteristic extras that yeah. mark that character, and uh, it's it's so terrific. One last sort of question yeah. about your craft before we move into Ben Price, the guy. Yeah. How would you decide to do a new voice? How, how you are watching the social scenes? Who's coming to prominence? How do you make a choice that this is something that's got to get added to the to the repertoire? Yeah, it's just uh, people that everybody's noticing and uh, they, they're coming up on TV and interviews and they seem to be that person that's in all the latest movies and um, – I don't always do them straight away because for an audience, they um, you want everybody to know who they are. Mm. Um, you don't want it to be just a handful of people that'll know because there's been people that I've thought oh, they'd be a great one to do, but they're not um, the well-known people. So mm. it's usually when I remember noticing 
yeah, there was a stage where Dr. Phil was really popular and then um, and, and when Steve Irwin was around, he was mm. just larger than life, mm. really popular. And so I was like, oh, I have to do this guy. And, and then a few years back, Bear Grylls from yeah. Man vs. Wild yeah. seemed to be the man of the moment. So I had to learn Bear Grylls and I watched him for a while and he was really great. <laughs> I loved watching and hearing his voice and survival during a time of lockdown can be pretty hard. <laughs> uh, sometimes <laughs> if you've got kids in the house and you can't leave, it's like man versus child. It can be really tricky. Yeah, that is fantastic. So I asked you a little before about how the comedy and the voices go together. You're, you're obviously yeah. a funny guy. You've always had a good sense of humour or is it something that's yeah. been sharpened through your your profession? Oh, yeah, it definitely gets sharpened the more you do it and the more you learn sort of uh, the, the writing styles and just um, – yeah, you just kind of have you, – you've got to have fun with it. I mean, mm. If you're not having fun with comedy, you, it's not the thing to do really. Um, so, so is it work? Yeah, I, I love it. Writing jokes, is it work? Yeah, well, yeah. No, there can be – there is definitely a hard work aspect to it, um, try, trying to uh, navigate how to change your comedy, especially when there's no um, events at the moment. That's that's challenging, mm. but it's um, – but it's 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 faith building and mm. it's um, character building and um, but but you you know look, look we're able to uh, do something on uh, on the phone here on Zoom mm. and we're able to uh, and I'm able to uh, make videos for people and uh, mm. even for churches uh, recently I <laughs> did a whole bunch of these characters and put little um, message in there as well so yeah and actually it was pretty cool because I didn't even have to leave home and. Uh, I was able to do these kind of things. So, uh, but there's there's a there's definitely a hard aspect to it. But overall, I um, I do love that. It's it's a lot of fun for sure. That's great. I mean, you've talked about some of the work you're doing now, and in, including some churches. And earlier in our conversation, you spoke about being known for clean comedy. I know that's not always the case in, right. in your area of entertainment. Yeah. What was the motivation for you making that decision that you were going to have a a, a comedy act that was known to be clean. Yeah, well, I've um, I've grown up as a Christian, so you know, being clean has been taught for me um, to not not go there at all. Um, um, so, it, for me, it's kind of natural just to you know keep it clean. There, I remember there was a time where, you know, probably. Uh, I guess over 10, 15 years ago, there were times where I, I'd have funny ideas and, and they were a little innuendo and I, um, I had to sort of clean that up in my life. But it wasn't a case of me trying to be clean because I know people have said, have you, you know, do you, is it hard to be clean? And um, I think we've got to have that in our whole life. And I, I don't want kids to see my comedy and then go, oh, you're you know, putting four letter words in there. But uh, mm. it's... Um, if it is clean, if it is uh, something that's you know completely squeaky clean, it's it's by the grace of God that it is because um, he, he cleans our speech up. And I've never I've never been one to really swear, mm. um, but even even if there was a little bit of that there, God's definitely refined that in the last mm. fifteen years of my life. And mm. it's uh, yeah, so I I, I couldn't I, I in fact there's been times where I've had scripts sent to me. For um, voiceovers for radio and things like that, where I've gone, oh no, sorry, I I, I can't say that. Yeah, <laughs> it's wow, just, that's powerful. Um, 
yeah, uh, and 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 having to walk away from things where I'm like, yeah, sorry, I'll I'll have to um, I'll have to exit out of this project because of I, I don't want to, and it, and that's been difficult. That's yeah. that's been some challenging um, moments there for sure. Yeah. So w- where did the obviously they're big decisions. You're making decisions about income and career advancement. Yeah, and counting the cost. Yeah. That takes That's a lot right, of faith. Yeah. It takes a lot of commitment to your fundamental beliefs. Where in life did yeah. you come to that solid realization that being true to God's expectations were the most important thing for you, or more important than meeting a client's expectations? Yeah, I think I've, I've grown up knowing that, and you know, just knowing in Matthew six, you know. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and you know all these things will be added. All the you know taking care of food and water and provision of the home and all of those things. And um, it is challenging, though, even though it's uh, you know that when it's put to the test mm. and the rubber meets the road, it's really hard because um, yeah, there was, there was one specific time where I remember I'd been asked to do a character, and uh, without going into the whole story now, but it was. And now I look back, I think, boy, I wouldn't do that. But at the time, this was back in 2009, mm. um, at the beginning, the whole uh, GFC. I was t- talking about the GFC before George W. But, mm. <laughs> um, and, and it doesn't look so uh, challenging now compared to what we're in now. But, but at that time, um, people weren't booking as many events. At least they could book some events. And mm. um, I had an offer to do one, but I knew that it was going to cause me to compromise a little bit. And I was trying to look for a loophole as to whether I should do it or not. And, and I remember I wanted to go for a walk and, um, at that particular time, God was bringing me really back to him mm. in, a, in a much deeper way. And I remember I started learning, um, Psalms. I started memorizing chapters and mm. I, I learned the first Psalm. I think I was, I was telling you, producer Jay about how I learned Psalm 1 and I, I told this lady who was Chinese and probably still is that <laughs> <laughs> I um, Psalm 1 had helped me and she goes oh yeah Psalm 1 helped me too and uh, <laughs> but I said no Psalm 1 not, not, not Psalm 1 not Psalm 1 <laughs> but but uh, the funny thing was actually well, in this in this um, when I went for a walk I wanted to pray about this uh particular gig, whether I should do it or not. And as I'm walking, uh, I wanted to listen to my iPod to hear the Bible, to see God, is there any direction in this? And and I and as I went to do that, my iPod went flat. Mm. And I thought, well, I've just memorized the first Psalm. I'll say it in my mind. And I, mm. I started out going, blessed are those that do not walk in the steps of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or, I can't remember it now, but, but in or sit in the company of mockers, mm. but who's delight is in the law of the Lord and on his mm. law meditate day and night. So I remember as I said that, I almost kind of laughed and thought, that's the answer. Yeah. It, that is as clear as, hey, don't walk that way. Yeah. Um, and, and I had such a peace and such a joy, even though I was rejecting that because I thought, well, this is this is what God's calling me. And I'd rather Amen. have a no, but at least no, it's God. Amen. And I just rang the guy and said, no, I'm not going to do it. And I, and I had a peace that, Look, God's going to look after me, and and I know He always has, and He's He's never failed in that regard. And I always think of um, Psalm. I think I'm, 
yeah, I can't remember the exact psalm, but it, where it's the, those that fear the Lord lack no good thing. Amen. And it uh, doesn't mean we're always going to be rich or have, but we're going to have our needs met. So uh, I'm, I'm, I just have a confidence in that no matter what. Yeah, that, that's really, actually, yeah. that's a, and it, uh, the next question I wanted to ask you was that you, you spent your life listening to voices, to listening to words and yeah. listening to the, and I wanted to ask you, how, how do you hear the voice of God? Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, well, I read the word, um, which is, is uh, him speaking to us. Um, and I, I, I tell my kids, um, I've got three kids, one of each. And um, so I, I tell my kids that um, the Bible says to incline your ear. And it's kind of like when I'm in the car and the football's going, uh, you know, the good old days when the football used to be on and, um, and if I'm trying to get the score, even though I can't see it, I'm, I'm leaning in to listen with, with my ears to, to hear that, um, and almost strength. And, and it's like I want I want God to be the first voice that I hear. That I'm always leaning into Him, and there's always mm-hmm. going to be noise. Um, I don't know who said it, but it, it might have been Reese Howells or one of those guys from the uh, from the past in like the um, early 1900s or something. But they said that. Um, he, he, if he was in a crowd of people at a train station, he'd hear over the top of the crowd, he'd hear his mum's voice because he knows that voice so well. Mm. And that's how he knows God's voice because he knows it so well. And I think from just being mm. in the word of God continually and, mm. and praying continually, you, you you do learn to hear that voice. You do mm. learn to be up, um, you know, that that's the Lord and testing it and thinking, well, that's, that's not my flesh. I wouldn't want, I wouldn't choose that. Mm. So I, I think it must be the Lord speaking in that and, you know, taking steps of faith. But mm. yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's by faith for sure, because we, we can't see we're blessed more because we don't see. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, but definitely I think just, just being in the word mm. continually, that's good. Um, we're going to hear his voice for that's sure. Good. In that instance, you another question related to li- listening to voices and and trying other people's mannerisms and ways of communicating. What has that done to your capacity to know yourself when you're being s- other people so often? What has it meant for you to be sure of your own identity and your own way of of being? Yeah. Well, I think when I first did it, it was probably a good way to, because I was a little bit shy when I was a kid, but I think it was a good way to build my personality because, oh, I can do these voices. And I used to think, well, yeah, if I didn't have these, I'm not that exciting other than that. But, um, you know, you, you that's a natural thing in life. You become more confident and from doing a lot of shows, you become um confident and the older you get, you know who you are. But, um, but, you know, again, it just comes back to, um, my, my identity in the Lord in, in Christ, knowing who I am. And, um, yeah, I mean, I know I'm uh, apart from him, I, I can do nothing. I'm not, mm. I'm not great, not special, but, uh, but yeah, I, I've, um, I've been changed a lot by the grace of God. And, um, I, I think, um, yeah, I definitely know who I am in him. 
Mm. Uh, Do you mind me asking you a bit about that? You said you've been changed a lot by the grace of God. What what are the things that you look back on and you you can see what you've left behind and what what God's revealed in you, through you, to you? Yeah. Well, as I mentioned earlier, I grew up as as a Christian um, and always had that upbringing, went to church all my life and... um, Bible study as I got older and um, when I talked about that story in 2009, it was late 2009 that I, uh, I I discovered that, you know, around that time I'd become a little bit lukewarm. Mm. So God was still in my life, but I basically had kind of uh, made my comedy career probably um, the, the number one thing, not, not, Willingly, not choosing that, but it just became a, a consuming thing, and just worked out that way. And as a result, yeah, which which is nothing wrong with doing comedy, but but when I made it, um, not not even intentionally an idol, and when I um, seen that, you know, as I said, there were some innuendos that were slipping in, and there, uh, when when you've got your alignment off a little from the center of Christ. Other things, you know, your thought life's uh, suffering. You're not reading mm. the word as much yeah. enough, so you're not strong. You're not sharp. Yeah. You're um, there's temptations that you may give into, and thoughts, and your anger, and your temper's not as good, and um, all kinds of things suffer. And so, God had to humble me, um, and, and I went through some anxiety at that time. To and I, I was initially just praying, God, take this away. It's horrible. But it was, and it was only a very short lived thing for a few months. And I remember um, just I really felt like there was a time right in the well toward the very end of that where I, I, I just was humbled to God. What mm-hmm. What are you trying to say in this? And and I'll and um, just I felt like I need to really get real with the Lord and mm-hmm. just um, repent of a lot of things and come back to Him and that no turning back moment and. And I said, God, you know, you've given me this gift, this talent. Uh, use it however you want to use it. Even if you mm. want to take it away, God, I'm, mm. you know, wow. I just want to do the will. Um, so it was very humbling. And, yeah. and but, you know, God gives grace to the humble. He's, he's strength and he, Amen. yeah, he got me through that time. And, um, and it, was, it was amazing because I thought, gee, you know, there's a lot of things that I would once chase after that now it's like, I've, you know, I've experienced a taste and seen the Lord is good. I don't, there's certain things that I'm not attracted to anymore. And, mm. um, but, but God still has to refine me because mm. those things sometimes come up and then even, um, just, yeah, I think, uh, Mark eight thirty five for whosoever would hold on to this life will lose it. Whoever mm. loses their life for my sake and the gospel will be saved. Mm. Um, that, that was a really powerful thing for me to think, you know, why am I holding on to these dreams when, I've got so much more in Christ. So yeah. yeah, that's beautiful. It's been a process, but God's, God's been good. Amen. That, that's actually, you're anticipating some of my questions in this, Ben, because I was wanting to know, you know, ah. as a Christian, we're called to to imitate Christ, to impersonate yeah. Christ. Yeah, oh, that's right. And I, I was interested to talk with you about whether or not your career has made that easier or whether you think there is some danger in it just being an act and not being an expression of yeah. authenticity. Do you want to talk to that a bit more? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. It just sort of reminds me when you say the danger of not becoming just an act and, 
and having authenticity. It reminds me of Keith Green, who yeah. I remember he would say, um, you know, I gave up entertainment years ago, and mm. but but he's he's ministering to people, mm. and um, I mean, he still performs well we, back when he did uh, when he said that, but um, and, and it's a bit like that where you're not just as I was saying in the beginning of the interview that initially you want people to laugh and, and think it's great and that, but, and, and you still want that mm. and you can do that. But, but I like to be able to um, give t- to people rather than get what mm. I'm going to get out of it. Oh, I like to you know, bless people by having, seeing them laugh mm. and, but, but also giving them joy. And I get to share my testimony a lot more mm. um, these days. And, and I get more excited about that and giving them something that's not just a temporary happiness, but a mm. eternal joy. And uh, so, yeah, I think um, there, there seems to be a lot more authenticity than just, yeah. just performing and yeah. just the making people laugh. Well, as you've just described, you said earlier in the interview that over the last 15 years, God has pulled you back close to him. And hearing you talk oh, about absolutely. That, there's, there's uh, yeah. the agency, even though I've, I think you probably felt like you were making responses, it's, it feels very much as though you, the, the heart of God was calling you and initiating that, that process in your life. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's, he's definitely initiated it and you, you see it when you're, um, you know, in hindsight, you don't, at the time it feels very uh, often very strange and very... Mm uncomfortable but but when you look back you go oh okay yeah i can see what you did there god that, mm. that's that's really good yeah mm. well, yeah one, one more question ben before we wind things up one of your recent projects was to be involved in um, the voicing of the pilgrim's progress um yes that's a b- ancient bit of literature uh, what did you what did you learn yes. about being involved in pilgrim's progress yeah, it, it was written in 1678, John Bunyan. Um, well, I, I heard that story growing up, um, the, the probably the kids' version, because it's pretty detailed and they've got it in modern English now. They've, they've got a book and it's it's a, the most biblical book aside from the Bible. It's just so filled with scripture references. Mm. And uh, but I love the story and just love the adventure of it and the, the allegory of this is really a, a, a picture of the, the Christian life and mm. I think we understand it more and we understand what trials are and difficulties, but, you know, um, and, and knowing that he's constantly there. But uh, mm. once I heard that it's uh, something that they were doing, I I had to go through a couple of people that I knew to say, I, I want to be a part of that. I love that because I even yeah. thought of that. Uh, they, they Someone should do an animation of this. I'd yeah. said that years before when I heard that they were doing it, I thought, oh, that's fantastic. And then I mean, they were really interested. Mm. Oh, yeah, because these guys were in um, Dallas, so they were looking for non-American voices, right, so right. people do English voices. Or, and I said, well, I, I can do plenty of those. Yeah, yeah. So I had one, that's up my alley. <laughs> one of the characters. Oh, yeah. I sounded a bit like, um, <laughs> excuse me, a bit like um, John Cleese. So... Uh, not not quite, you know. John Cleese is probably like that, you know. But uh, but I I made him a bit more. I made him a bit more high pitched. You see, oh right, yes, oh right, yes, that type of voice. And 
And the director who was directing it really, he's very animated himself the way he would direct and he would bring out that um, character in really melodramatic way almost. And, uh, and it was almost exhausting after it because we go, <laughs> oh, man, you really made me work hard for that. Um, but when you watch it, it just, you can see where he's going with it and go, oh, wow, that, that came out really great. And, um, but that, that was an amazing uh, thing to be involved in. And it's, uh, it's actually, uh, for, uh, I'm not sure for how long, but a short time, it's actually, you can watch it free on, um, online. Well, we should so, get uh, people to look up on that. I, that'd be fantastic. It's one of my favourite stories too, Pilgrim's Progress. Very influential in my yeah. early early uh, Christian experience. So I'll be looking up oh, soon yeah. we can get onto that. would be fantastic. Ben. That's a great one, yeah. Just as we wind up, is any little bit of advice you might want to give to some of our listeners who are coming to the end of their high school and trying to figure out what they're going to do with their life and who they're going to be? Any last thoughts that you might want to leave with them? Yeah, uh, when I was in high school, I remember trying to figure out that and uh, I had my heart set on trying to get into an acting course and I thought about it all year long and, uh, you know, I, I gave it 110%. I put everything into it and uh, obviously God had different plans for me because I, I didn't get in and it was uh, shattering at the time. But then I, when I, as I said, hindsight is a great thing and I look back and I see, had I got into that, I might not have done the, the other course that I did where, and it, that's how I ended up not, not through that, but indirectly met my wife. And so mm-hmm. I think, yeah, God had plans, better plans. Mm-hmm. And, um, so don't, you know, uh, there, there's a lot of pressure on high schoolers that oh, you've got to get into, you've got to get this mark. And, um, we, we never know where life's going to lead us, but just, um, yeah, do, do your absolute best. But if God has other plans, um, roll with it, but just, just, you know, trust in the Lord with your heart, lean not on your own understanding. Amen. Um, and yeah. And, and, you know, you'll be all right. God, God will be with you. So, uh, yeah, That's terrific. all the best, guys. <laughs> Wonderful advice, Ben. Thank you so much. Listen, you you've uh, you spend Thank your you. life using other people's voices, but I, I'm so thankful yeah. that God has placed you in a position where you have a voice that can speak his word and testify to his goodness. Yeah. And it's been wonderful to hear your heart uh, through our conversation. So, yeah. God bless you. I, I, you. I hope that God continues yeah. to open opportunities Thank for you, you to use your gifts and talents. And um, he sows richly into your life. Thank you so much. God bless yeah. you. God bless too.